0: about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward.
1: You're a Knockout, a podcast for your inner
0: badass. <laughs> What's up, Knockouts? Hey there, embodied women.
1: Yes, today is a special podcast. We are doing a duo podcast with the you Knockout podcast and... The Embodied Woman Podcast. So, if you haven't listened to Your Knockout before, my name is Rachel and my name is Caitlin, and we're at Timeless Recording Music Studio. Why did In I say Cincinnati, that? Cincinnati, Ohio. Timeless Recording, <laughs> Timeless Recording Studios with Miranda Moss <laughs> on the Ones and Twos. <gasps>
0: what up?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited to do yes. this as we've been talking about doing a podcast together for like. A couple of months. Yes. Yeah. And then um, things were just crazy. And, you know, what is it? The COVID, what is that the, what they call? It? It's like the COVID hangover fatigue. COVID fatigue. Yeah, we talked about that. That Was hit that... me really hard. So, this is like my first podcast episode since probably January. <laughs>
0: This is my first podcast episode since two thousand nineteen, (laughs) so I'm really excited to be back. Yes.
1: Yes. So when you were podcasting before, like so for like my listeners, tell me like a little bit about yourself and like how you got into podcasting and like what you do. So I
0: am. I do several different things. Um. Very. ADHD, multi-passionate entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I'm a massage therapist. I do different sorts of body work. And then wellness and embodiment coaching, which is really about connecting to your body um, and really unlocking your life from that place. Because most of us are constantly living in our minds Mm -hmm. and we're so disconnected from what our body is saying. And the answers to you know, what you desire and, you know, what the right path for you is lying your body. Mm-hmm. So um, I find with both bodywork clients and coaching clients, when they come to me, they, they don't know how to identify a feeling or an emotion. Um, and they just are so tuned out from their body. And we work on slowing down, So slowing down, getting connected to the breath, and then being able to identify all range of emotions, all of the feelings in the body so that we can listen to our body when it's saying no, or it's saying yes, or it's saying run, or it's saying slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, my mission is to help you connect to your body and unlock your life. Yes, I love that so much. (laughs) Like
1: what was like... So like what led you was like there like a personal experience or anything that like led you to being like I really want to like explore this and help other people like feel this way or like be more in tune with like how they're feeling.
0: Yeah, so my entire life I have been very highly sensitive and because of that, you know, I I came out sensitive like highly sensitive people do mm-hmm. and um was told all through childhood, really still told that I'm too sensitive or I'm too much. Oh my God, (laughs) same. Awesome. Those are some of my questions I have for you. (laughs) Yeah. I I love talking about sensitivity, but yeah, it was, you know, constantly being told that I was too much, too sensitive. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I shut down. I mean, Mm -hmm. I shut down my sensitivity. I struggled. I struggled a lot with bullying in grade school. So then I had some You know, I had that on top of it, this like body shame and just not feeling good enough at in any place. Um, So that led to eating disorders Mm -hmm. and a lot, mostly binge eating throughout grade school and then getting into high school, really a full range of eating disorders, um, and that that really disconnects you from your body. Sure. When you're not tapped into your hunger cues, mm-hmm. you really can't be tapped into anything else going on inside of you. Um, you know, when you're taking diet pills or uh, numbing out with food, mm-hmm. you're just really not in touch with what's going on. So um, I won't blame the eating disorders for the autoimmune stuff. I think it's, you know, that on top of trauma, top of a lot of different things then I started getting ill and that was between like 16 and 18 Mm -hmm. I really started struggling with my health and I didn't start taking that seriously until a really after a really bad divorce in my early 20s Um, and even after that I made I made a crazy decision out of it was a really impulsive decision from a traumatic place. And not that I'm judging anybody else or calling anybody else's decision impulsive. But for me, um, getting breast implants was when my life really fell apart. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Because I've been hearing so much more about this. Yes. Like in the last, I want to say two years, which is like something that's totally new to me that I didn't think about. And it's something that I definitely considered like, I'm terrified of surgery anyway, but it's definitely something that I thought like, hmm. especially if I was like, if I ever have kids and they wreck my boobs, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting implants, you know? Yeah. But like, talk more about that because this like fascinates me. Like that sounds bad, but it's like, I just can't, it makes sense why this happens, but yeah. like, it's just something I never thought about.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, so I was what, 20, I think it was 24 when I made the decision. And again, it was a very quick decision. I had thought about it all of my life. I, you know, I grew up around eating disorders and body dysmorphia. I went to an all girl Catholic school. So, um, yeah, like it was just, it was all around me, all in my face all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't an impulsive decision from that place. I had thought about it for a long time. Um, but after the divorce, I you know, just decided one day, like, all right, I'm doing this. And I went in and saw a doctor the next day and he scheduled me for two weeks out. And that is, I mean, that is when my life changed. <laughs> Within a month, I my whole body was breaking out in hives. Um, I got sick, like, five times in a two-month period with sinus infections with pink eye i mean just crazy things and it took me a few months to be like okay there's something really wrong i'm gonna start maybe it's my diet and i had been introduced to uh, cutting different things out from a cousin who had um autoimmune stuff so mm-hmm. i started cutting out gluten and dairy and those things all really helped my mm-hmm. health started to improve but as the years went on, you know, it really went downhill again. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Body aches all over. I mean, muscle and joint pain to the point that, I mean, there were times where I could not walk to the bathroom. I had to have um, my parents help me walk to the bathroom and it was excruciating. Um, And I truly, I don't say this Um, like trying to be dramatic at all. There were days that I felt like I was going to die, Mm -hmm. that my head was going to pop off with inflammation. And I had searched high and low. I had seen so many doctors and nobody had any answers for me. You know, I'm like walking in there bent over in pain and crying. And my eyes were swollen. Like you could tell that I was sick. Yeah. And they would take blood tests and they'd be like, nope, you're in perfect health. And I'm like, what is happening? That's so
1: frustrating.
0: It was, oh, it was so frustrating. This was years of this. It was four years. It took me four years to figure out what was going on. Oh my God, yeah. that's such a long time. It It is a very long time, but for most women, it takes them so much longer. I mean, the, the women that I... Um, connected with over this mm-hmm. I mean had had these things in for 10 15 years and had been deathly ill for that wow. long so I am blessed that it only took me four but it did I mean it's really messed my health up um so and we were just talking about how you know how funny the way the universe works right before we started this podcast mm-hmm. and um one night I had kind of hit my, my breaking point and I hit my knees and I was just, I mean, basically like bargaining with the universe. Like I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I can't live like this. Like Mm -hmm. I need an answer because I I just, I give up. And the next morning I had this voice inside of me that was like, listen to this specific podcast. And it wasn't a podcast I was very interested in because it was very sciencey. Mm-hmm. And I'm more... I, I love science, but I'm more into the woo-woo and like the yeah. self-development yeah. stuff. <laughs> so... Um, but I kind of just scrolled through a few episodes and I just picked one. And it had nothing to do with breast implants. But a caller had called in and asked about, you know, I just got breast implants in and I had these swellings on, my, on the sites where I had them put in. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I am wondering how to get the swelling to go away. And the doctor on the podcast said, well, they're now linking breast implants to autoimmune disease because still the outer silicone shell can cause autoimmunity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my entire body, head to toe, filled with chills. And I was like, that's it. Finally, my answer. So I called the doctor that day and I scheduled an appointment. And... um Unfortunately, they were not willing to take them out. <laughs> so what? I had to find why? Because they didn't believe that they were making me ill. So I had to find a doctor. Um, I found a doctor in Louisville who would do it. She didn't believe me. She kept telling me, I think you're making a terrible mistake. I think they look great. And I think you're gonna regret it. I said, what? I I don't care. I want them taken out. So I had them taken out and my health has improved. I can't even tell you how much since I had them taken out. And my love for my natural body has grown so much.
1: That's, first of all, That like, oh, that blows my mind that like they first of all, like not being believed is like the, the most frustrating and infuriating thing ever. And then also just like the thought, like as you were saying that the pressure as a woman that just entered my mind like, oh, but these look so good. You're going to regret yeah. this. Like, wait. So like we're weighing like how our appearances versus like how our health is being affected. Yeah. And like that was valued more by this doctor. Like these look great.
0: Absolutely. What? Yeah, it it was wild. And she called me for months following it she would check in every month and just say like how are you feeling and I'm like well my joint pain is gone well uh, my food allergies are a lot less like I was at a place where I could eat avocados and bananas and that was it Um, yeah so in I don't I I don't know if she believes it now or not but you know it's it's wild there are Mm -hmm. so many women who are coming out with the exact same stories the same symptoms and they get them out and you know, they're great again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, the the pressure that is put on us as women mm-hmm. to be perfect yep. and to have perfect bodies. And the crazy thing about these implants is I put on like 40 pounds of pure inflammation mm-hmm. from them. So I had never, and not to judge myself over gaining weight, but, you mm. You know, when you're eating avocados and bananas yeah. <laughs> and that's all you can stomach and you're probably ingesting a thousand calories a day because I just couldn't eat mm-hmm. and I'm gaining weight at like a rapid, how? rapid weight or a rapid um rate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I got them taken out within the first month, I had dropped almost 20 pounds. And again, just wow. pure inflammation. Mm-hmm. So something that I got in for self-confidence. I put them in to raise my confidence actually totally took all of that away. Mm -hmm. There's a girl on Instagram that I love. Her name's the fitness
1: lioness. And, um, she was a bikini competitor for years and was just like really into like bodybuilding and whatever. And ended up, getting implants because she's like you know Mm -hmm. you reach a level in the sport where it's like you know you get so lean you you lose like your breasts and all of this stuff so she's like you get to a point where it's like if I really want to compete on a high level like this is just a known thing that you do yeah so she got them and then like her journey she talks about it and she'll even show like before and after pictures of just her face like when she was feeling like super ill before she got them taken out and like her skin is even more like like she doesn't have a glow about her that she does now. And just, it was like the same kind of journey, like, you know, people not believing her and just kind of thinking that it was in her head. And like her story was the first thing that I like first person that I realized like, Oh, this is a thing. And then there's been like more bikini competitors coming out and saying like what you said too, like loving your body instead of just like, you know, this isn't natural. And like, again, like no shame to people that compete or like make this choice. But you know, it's totally okay to, to realize like, look, like I'm going to put my health first and like listen to my body instead of just continuing to push it. If I don't feel like, if if you don't feel like something is right, like listen, it's
0: probably not.
1: If you feel like it's not right, it's (laughs) probably not. Yeah.
0: Well, and people still ask me, you know, oh, well, does the saline implant do that? Mm -hmm. Well, they they all have silicone, which is linked to autoimmunity. It's linked to, I mean, the, they have like forty toxic chemicals in these things, and on top of that, you're putting a foreign object, mm-hmm. a massive foreign two of them, mm-hmm. in your body for years, and you're putting them over your heart and your lungs. Mm-hmm. So you're putting them over some of the most vital organs in your body. Right. And then you have toxins leaching from them every minute of the day. And our body is made to protect us from foreign invaders. Mm-hmm. So when actually when they took them out, I asked the doctor to take pictures of the capsule that formed around it. And it was it was really gross, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it thank you to my body for doing this, to for building this capsule around it to try to protect me. Um, but yeah, it just caught. It kept my body in a state of fight or flight at all times, mm-hmm. which you can't, back to embodiment, if you're stuck in fight or flight, you're never making a grounded and healthy decision for yourself. You know, embodiment and... Um, Being grounded is all about slowing down and coming out of that go, go, go mode Mm -hmm. that is meant to save us from tigers and, you know, crazy things that are happening. But because of the world we're in, we're constantly stuck in that mode of fight or flight. So… Yeah, so getting them out was the best decision yeah, I've ever made. So never any regrets. <laughs> oh my god. safe gosh. to say, <laughs> absolutely no regrets. And I, I really struggled with having such a flat chest mm-hmm. beforehand, and now I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yes, yeah. So it, um, if we're taking anything good out of that experience, it is it has shown me how much i love my natural body. Yeah, totally.
1: So. Yeah, i feel like that's been like the like the common consensus among these women is it's like and and it comes from like a place of like okay, obviously we see things in ourselves that nobody else sees. Like we're the ones picking ourselves apart in the mirror. Like i don't like this, i don't like that that no one else is ever noticing like you look amazing. What are you talking about? like these women that I've seen that had the breast implants and then like to see their afters. I'm like, you look amazing. Like, yeah. I can't imagine why you would have ever wanted that. in in the first place, like you had like literally the body I would die for. <laughs> and like, it still wasn't like, and still in her mind, like she still needed to go this extra level to be, yeah. you know, the prime competitor. And like, that makes me so sad. Like when you really think about it, yeah. like again, like whatever I'm a big, like, like supporter of like whatever you feel like you want to do for your body do as long as it's in like the mindset that it's for you and not to like please other people or what you think like your partner might like or something like that but like it's still so sad that like you think that to be beautiful or to be perfect which isn't real like you need to go do these things and like put your health on the line is like scary
0: yeah Body dysmorphia, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I know. We we see something different in the mirror than other people see. And we see something that's not even real. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that brings us to tell me about Knockout Beauty. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, so Knockout Beauty. So basically, um, I specialize in permanent makeup services. So microblading, powder brows, which is another form of microblading lash extensions and lash lifts and tints, henna, just basically anything that's like lash and brow related. Um, And really it's funny because like being in the beauty business and like talking about these things, I feel like it's a common misconception that, you know, at least, I mean, I feel like beauty brands definitely a thousand percent profit off of people's insecurities of course, yeah. like, you know, beauty magazines and everything are always telling you, oh, for longer, thicker lashes, use this mascara or, oh, you know, here's this diet pill or here's um, these extensions, you know, that's all these different things. You could get lost in a sea of things that you could do to yourself. And even if you do every single one of them, like it's again, like how you feel on the inside. Um. So my message has always been meant to be, more of like empowering women like I feel I truly feel like every person that walks into my studio is already beautiful but I want them to be able to feel that way about themselves and like if it takes like you know if they have a brow insecurity insecurity like I've had people tell me like I got bullied about my brows like this is the first time I've ever looked in the mirror and really liked looking at my face oh, wow. and so it's like it's that feeling like you know especially to like you know, the husbands and the partners that are like, why do you need brows? No one cares about eyebrows. It's like, but it's deeper than that. It's how they perceive themselves. And that's what it's really about for me is just like connecting with people on a deeper level and just being like, look, if this is what it takes for you to feel this way, like I want to help you do that. But I also want to empower you in the process and let you know, like this isn't something that you need. Yeah. Like you're beautiful anyways, but like, let me help you see yourself that way. And it's actually really funny because before this business, I had a business called Down to Earth Cosmetics and I freelanced for weddings and photo shoots and I was doing like airbrush makeup on site. And um, in that time, my dad got sick and passed away. And I remember like the last couple weddings that I had, I've talked about this before on my podcast, um, my dad wasn't doing well. And so I would, you know, I stopped booking weddings because I was like, everything's too day to day, but I'm going to finish out my brides. You know, I'm not going to let them down. I'm going to do this. But the last couple brides I had, oh my God, the most like things, like things that came up, like people complaining about their dad, not paying for a, B and C or like all these, just like, things that just like they, and it's not their fault. They can't see the perspective. We all get mad at our parents. Like we all take things for granted, right? We're human, but yeah. it was just like, this is so dumb, you guys. Like if you don't like your makeup, go wash it off. It's fine. You're still yeah. gonna leave here. You're still getting married. He still loves you. Like your dad's still gonna walk you down the aisle. Like what does it matter? Yeah. And I started to like really resent what I was doing. I'm like, mm-hmm. none of this matters. This is so dumb. Like it's makeup. This is so superficial, superficial. It feels so vain and like pointless when there's like people that are like really battling cancer and like there's bigger issues. Yeah. And it took me a long time to really bring that back home to be like, yes, there's other big issues going on, but that doesn't mean that people can't feel good about themselves. It doesn't sure. mean that they can't treat themselves and do something because yeah, maybe they have a sick parent. And they're having a really hard time, but that hour that they get to spend with you and relax might be the only time that they have in the day to themselves to just be. Yeah. And once I just started looking at it from that perspective, it was like, all right, bet I'm going to do this again, but it's going to be on my terms. If you'd met me in 2014, I'd have heels on and a blazer and big curls and full glam and You know, now it's just like (laughs) I wear lash extensions because I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to look like a corpse in the morning. So that's cool. (laughs) And I might throw a little concealer on. But like aside from that, like I don't I don't care. And so it's just like but, you know, having that done, like I can take on the rest of the world and I feel better about myself. So it's like I just wanted to bring that feeling back. So I'm like, okay, look, listen. I've got Nikes on and my leggings and, you know, a boxing theme shirt, minimal makeup. Like this is me, man, like take it or leave it. And it's been the best thing because in such a like, like the beauty industry is so beyond like feminine and lots of like pinks and glitter and you know, all this stuff that's great, but it was never me. Sure. I always struggled to fit in and always felt like such a misfit that I was just like, okay, like, look, I'm gonna come back and if this fails, it fails. But like, I can't I can't pretend anymore. I can't put on like this. I felt like I was always in performance mode when I was doing makeup, yeah. you know, I'd show up as like what people think of as a makeup artist, all black heels, big hair, full glam. And it's like, if I showed up like this, I felt like people wouldn't take me serious. And now it's so interesting because like genuinely every single person that comes to me, I feel like I could go have drinks with or go hang out with. Like, it's like the people, because even when I go to get certain services done, I'm in the industry and I felt intimidated because I'd go to these girls that just looked like they walked out of a magazine. And I'm like, oh God, like (laughs) I just rolled out of bed, rushed to brush my teeth I probably have dog hair all over me, like, hey, hi, yeah, I also do lashes, don't touch <laughs> me, you know, and so I'm like, if I'm feeling that way, I know, like, the regular person that, you know, doesn't know anything about beauty, they're, they gotta feel that way, so I just wanted to create a place that was just more inclusive, and people just felt more at ease and at home, and not so intimidated.
0: Well... You rocking your authenticity is what attracted me to you. because thank you so much. How many other Lash people or there's Brow people lot. in your building? There's a like, lot. It's like mm-hmm. a building full of different people. Yeah, we took and, over. Yeah. And <laughs> I saw your stuff and I said, oh my gosh. Yeah, that is, that's the girl. That's so, so awesome. <laughs> that means so,
1: that's literally my favorite compliment. Like when people are like, yeah, like I felt just really drawn to you because you know, you just felt really real and like, you just felt like a, like a normal person, like more approachable and like makes me want to cry every time because it's so, it's like just feeling seen, right? Because it's who I've always been, but I always felt like I didn't fit in. Like all the salons and spas I worked at, you know, I was kind of teased in like a loving way. Like they weren't bullying me per se, but I was always just kind of like the tomboy or like they would tease me because I didn't know how to dress myself on like a night out or like, I'd show up to work like thinking I dressed like in a business sense, but like I was so uncomfortable and like they would tease me all the time. or like, Oh, Rachel's probably going to the gym. Like "Eh," like, (laughs) doesn't shop ever. And I'm like, I don't. And now it's just like, it's so great to just be able to be myself and have people around me that are the same because it's like, I just feel like I just took a big like release of breath. Like, a sigh of relief like oh my gosh my people like you've been here the whole time if I and it's like you have to go through your whole life journey right to like find yourself and learn these lessons but then I look back I'm 32 now it's like oh my gosh I've only had this business for three years what was I doing before this like why couldn't I just be myself like why like I wasted all this time trying to fit into a mold and I could have had my people around this whole time yeah and it's, it's like the frustrating thing too, right? Because I have two really young nieces. They're six and seven. And I always am trying to tell them because right now, like they're so pure and they have like these crazy imaginations and they're so funny and just, they don't care who's around. Like they're dancing in Kroger. Like if a song comes on, they're in the yes. aisle. Like they don't care who's watching and it's magic. And I'm just always trying to tell them like, please never change. Like yeah. don't let the world like take this like, away from you like you're so perfect how you are and it's like especially as two little girls like I know what they're in for
0: and it's like I have uh well she's only one but a little niece now too and same thing I just am in awe by how she does whatever she wants she does Mm -hmm. not care she throws fits all the time it doesn't (laughs) matter where we're at she's throwing a fit if she doesn't get or, you know, if she doesn't get what she wants, mm-hmm. but or if, you know, anything is not her way. And like, it's just, it's so interesting because I, you know, as we grow up, it's like, oh, don't make a scene. Don't be too much. Mm-hmm. Don't show your emotion, totally, Yeah. So I, I watch her in awe and think like, wow, like when when do we lose that part of ourselves? And not that I want to throw a fit in public, Yeah, but But it's also
1: comes from the sense of like, you want to be able to speak your mind. And there's so many times you feel like you have to bite your tongue. And like, there's even like things that have like come out now, like, okay, right. If a guy is very stern and, you know, straightforward and whatever, he's a boss, right? We do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're bitches like, or a little girl, like she's, a bully or she's bossy right yeah but really
0: princess (laughs) mm -hmm.
1: but really like if they would keep those traits going on like that's those are the traits like I mean you don't want to be a bully but like that bossiness later on is like that's a ceo in the making like but you're that like flame that you have is definitely dulled down by like you have to kind of shrink and I, I, I really spent most of my life too. It's interesting I was talking to my boyfriend recently about like, you know, setting goals. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I remember being in high school and it was always like, you know, they'd have you do like two, five, 10 years, where do you see yourself? And it was always like, oh, I guess like kids and a husband and I don't know. And then I remember even thinking like when I got into cosmetology, it was like, oh, when you do hair, like you can work, you know, three long days and work part time, essentially. um, So you can be at home with the kids like this is something that was just conditioned in me. Yeah. And then when I really sat back and thought, I'm like, do I want that? Or is that just what like I I'm just and I've just been going through the motions and then it's like, oh, I don't think I ever really wanted these things. Mm -hmm. It just Yeah, it was just really interesting to like really sit back and be like, oh, because I've just kind of been told along the way, like this will work for you because this will work with this plan. And I really didn't think a lot of the things that I'd be able to do um, I could do without a man in my life. And even recently, like one of my neighbors said something. I said I was headed to my boyfriend's and she's like, oh, he doesn't live with you. And I said, no. And she's (laughs) like, so you own this place by yourself? And I said, wow, yeah. And she's like, wow that's really amazing. Women really don't do that. And I was like, I mean, they do. Yeah, they do. They, <laughs> they sure do now. Like, that's that's such an old-fashioned way of thinking. And of course, I didn't want to offend her and make her think that. Um, but, or like say that to her, like, wow, that's really old-fashioned. You're basically a fossil. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But I was just like, wow. Like, even up till then, like, yeah. I'm 32 years old and there's still people around me that are telling me, that it's like, wow, this is unheard of that you're doing this on your own. And it's Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, is it? No. Because we can. We can. Like even just fixing up stuff around my house. I remember thinking, oh, I need to wait for someone to do this, to like fix this cabinet or hang this shelf or like put together this TV. Like I need to wait. I I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a woman. I don't, this (laughs) isn't my stuff. I don't know how to go to the Home Depot and look for power tools and things I'm just gonna wait for a chaperone to show me what to do you know you walk in and it's suddenly like "Uh uh-oh woman alert she's lost do you need help I know everybody this isn't Victoria's Secret how can I help and it's like oh shit it's like all of that like reality I feel like recently has been shattered you know and it's just like oh wow here we are doing life
0: yeah you know um well I, I bought a house when I was 19 and that was really, I mean, that was a very bold move that, you know, my dad highly encouraged me into. That's awesome. Um, but same thing. I mean, yeah, it was very intimidating mm-hmm. to people and man, it was also exhausting to me, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the whole power tools thing. I mean, I remember <laughs> like needing to get nails out of my wall cause I was like, patching things Mm -hmm. and, like, repainting. And, um, I mean, I I used what I had. I used tweezers one day to get nails out of a wall, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters. I did it. I didn't need a man. You're resourceful. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, yeah, the... You know, I was in a past life an event planner. You know, I I worked for my dad's company and I had planned on taking that over. Mm-hmm. And I got married at 22 and I was ready to have babies. And when that whole thing shattered, the divorce totally, totally shattered me. Mm-hmm. Ripped the rug out from under me at such a young age at 23. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't last long. And that's when i really started questioning do i want any of the things mm-hmm. that i have in my life or that i'm working towards and that was that was when i also questioned like my political beliefs and my religious beliefs mm-hmm. i was like oh i you know claim to be this and this but wait where did that come from? Right. Like, is that mine? Mm-hmm. And that really started me on the entire, like, self-discovery journey. That right there. And um it took me on an entirely different path. You know, I, same thing. I had to dress up every day for event planning. And I was trying to squeeze myself into uncomfortable clothes all the time and heels. And... Mm-hmm, trying to squeeze myself into these things that didn't feel good Mm -hmm. and then I made this decision to get into health and wellness and coaching and yeah I wear yoga pants most of the time and crop tops and I don't ever I don't ever want a job that does that would force me into something other than what I'm the most comfortable right. in or where I feel yeah. best about myself. Yeah. And I posted yesterday on Instagram stories. I'm not sure if you saw it, but um, there's a new series out on Netflix called Sex Life. No, I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's amazing. I am admitting that I binged the entire series in an afternoon. Perfect. <laughs> Those are the best days Yes. And I mean, that series really... Don't watch it with your children. <laughs> it was it was amazing, though, because it was showing women that they do have the choice between this life that, you know, is shown to us as the fairy tale mm-hmm. that some women may want. And, hey, that's great. Yeah. That is. And it's a beautiful life. It really is. But that is not for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want it all. And I want it in a different way. Yeah. And um the idea of the one life um with being married to cooper made me want to puke like <laughs> it's just and again that is something that so many women deeply desire mm-hmm. and it is not at all what i desire yep and there is i've had so much shame around that for so long i've i feel like i've been in this place of limbo um you know, do I really honor what I'm wanting or do I try to fit myself back into this box, especially where we live, mm-hmm. um, and try to fit this mold that's here and that is really shown to, I mean, man, it's shown all over the world, mm-hmm. but or do I keep doing what I'm doing and going in the path and the direction that I want to go in that's really different Sure. for me? Anything else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah. That that series was really cool. And it, it just, like, relit something within me. Oh, I'm going to have like, to watch it. Oh, it's good. Because I feel like it's that's good. the realization
1: I've had really in, like, the last year. Um, like, dating my boyfriend. He's just, like, a very deep thinker. And um, definitely questions everything. And a really... Not like one of those things where it's like, well, I want to do this. Well, why? Well, like people I've dated in the past, like, well, it's dumb. No, it's more of like, well, where does that come from? Like, yeah. or like, let's think about it like this way. It's just like all, oh, like, we just love to just have like deep talks like that, just like picking things apart. And it really, and like, like, honestly, in quarantine too, it like it really started making me think a lot. Like, you know, especially again, being 32, people are like, well, TikTok on the clock if you want kids. And it's like, I've never like, I have friends. And like you said, like, it's a beautiful thing to want to raise kids and be married and like have that life. Like I don't like see anything wrong with that at all. Um, obviously, but like for me, I've never had this deep desire to have kids. Like I remember some of my friends, like when we were in junior high, talking about like how they just couldn't wait to be a mom, like loved kids. And I've mm-hmm. the only thing that I've ever felt that strongly about was like being married or traveling.
0: Traveling. Traveling. Yeah. And then
1: now even with marriage, I'm like, okay, but really what I want is just like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like I think it's a really brave thing to like dig deep and do like some soul searching on yourself yeah. because you come up on a lot of things that, aren't really what you want to hear or see or acknowledge in yourself um so it's it's scary but you know just kind of like the realization I had about marriage I always looked at marriage as being security like oh once I have this marriage license we're good forever yeah and um my therapist actually one day we had the conversation she's like you know And yeah, what's up? I go to therapy. You should too. It's awesome. Let's normalize talking (laughs) about it. Thank you very much. Um, Yes. So she was like, okay, so if you, what's, what would this paper bring you? Like, do you feel like when you're with someone like that would bring you security? I'm like, that's just the way I've kind of looked at it. And she's like, that should really be an announcement of the security that you already have. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, like a symbol of that bond. But like, Mm -hmm. if you don't already feel that security, like you then need to look at the relationship. And that just was like a, whoa. Cause I'm like, wait, this person, no matter if you're married or not, like there's obviously divorce, like people can leave. Like they're not, like that paper doesn't mean like this is forever, forever. Like I could want to leave one day. And just like that kind of like fairy tale. Like she even looked at me and was just like, Yeah. So the fairy tale has been shattered. It wasn't that great of a deal (laughs) anyway. And I was like, Oh, Oh, you're right. So it made me, it, that really like prompted me to think a lot like, Oh, I don't really care about the marriage. I've never like, I mean, as a little girl, you think about your wedding, but I've always kind of thought like, honestly, my family's so small. Won't it be weird? Like if I marry someone that's got a big family and then there's like four of us, like this is going to be weird anyway. I don't want that. Like I've never dreamt about like a big wedding. I've always dreamt about eloping and then like getting down to it. I'm like, I just really want like a partner to like travel with. And yeah, it's a deep conversation. Yes. And it's less about like all that other stuff, but it's like, it really takes like soul searching. And then a lot of people telling you what you want is wrong too. Cause even when I got my condo, like I had people say, well, why didn't he move in with you? did he even ask? And I was like, I, we this isn't where we're at. Number one. And also this is my home. This was yeah. like a me move. I've made that mistake in the past where I moved in with someone and it didn't work out. And then I had to pack up and move home. And it was mm-hmm. a huge nightmare, like not doing that again. I've learned my lesson, like, you know, but yeah, it, it challenges. And I think, I think too, um, it's a reflection of where like people When people clap back and say stuff like, oh, he didn't move in with you. It's a reflection of like what they're feeling about themselves. Like that's what they need. And if it's not something that they would be comfortable with, it's like it rattles them. And they're like, but wait, we're supposed to. This is how it goes. And it's like, but it doesn't have to for me. Like,
0: sure. It's okay. And some people are well, and I I, this is what I do in coaching. And I find that, you know, there are a lot of people who are not ready to dive into it because of this it Mm -hmm. is coaching is asking the deep questions
1: it is getting
0: down to your truth it is like becoming aware and that scares people Mm -hmm. it scares people to you know think about you know am i not living in alignment but let me tell you like your body if you're not listening your body's gonna start falling apart if you're in a relationship that's not working for you, or in a place that's mm-hmm. not working for you, or a job. Because if you're not listening to it, it's going to be expressed through your body, whether that is through hives, or chronic illness, or migraines. Mm-hmm. That is all, all of that is repressed emotion. Mm-hmm. And there are healthy ways to work through that and to ask yourself the questions. And yeah, it takes time. It takes energy to make big changes in your life. But do you really want to be on your deathbed thinking, I wish I was brave enough to ask the questions? Mm-hmm. I wish I was brave enough to, you know, live authentically mm-hmm. or live in my truth. And I mean, it, it's 100% worth it. And yeah. it's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary. But you know what? It's the scariness is like exhilarating where living in an unaligned life where, you know, things are just going wrong and you have to wait till the weekends and drink yourself silly to, yeah. to make it through. That is soul crushing. And mm-hmm. I would rather be scared than feel soul crushing disappointment yeah. all of the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Living for the weekend. Like I remember reading
1: a book. Um, I think it was the Jen Sincero. You are a badass. That mm, book, book, like I, I talk about that book so much as it like seriously just like flipped a switch in me. But I think that there's something in there um, about, yeah, like looking forward to the weekend. Like it's so sad that you have to just wait to live your life. Like once I get to the weekend, but it's like, but what about all these days in between? Yeah. Like when you break that down in your life, like you spend
0: a majority of your life being miserable. Yep. I mean, yeah. Five days miserable for two days of, but we'll say one day because Sunday you're like anxious about tomorrow being Monday. Right. So you only really get one day Sunday. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. You get Friday night and Saturday to feel free. And then mm. by Sunday you're like, you're hungover and you don't feel good for the choices that you made from being free for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then you have this doom hanging over you around, you know, the next week of your life. And again, there are some people who love their corporate nine to five or love their, you know, their nine to five. And, you know, they, they know that they have the weekend and Mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about that, but for the people who don't want that, right and it's feel like okay. they have to
1: do that. Like you exactly. It's all about like, Hey, if you want to work a nine to five, if you're a, like person that like thrives in that environment and you want to work in that way, and that makes you feel full. And like, that's, you feel like that's your purpose. Like right on, yeah. you know, people that are in like it, that would make me want to, I don't even know. Like I would, Literally day one, I would just be on the floor in the fetal position crying (laughs) because I'm so terrible with anything techie, but like some people that's like their thing. Like that like sets their soul on fire. Cool. Follow that. Like, it's basically just like listening to like what you said, listen to your body, listen to like, ask yourself those deep questions. Yeah. And be like, all right, I'm going to pursue whatever that is, despite it being the quote unquote norm or something outside
0: the box. Like just do that. Yeah. 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 Set your soul on fire. Yes. It's scary and it's so much better than soul crushing. I promise. It really is.
1: (laughs) It is pretty scary, but it's way more fun too. Yeah,
0: but life is scary regardless. So yeah, Yeah. you might as well be happy and scared instead of (laughs) unhappy and scared. Frantically scared. No, I'm just kidding.
1: But yeah.
0: Well, I don't know where we're at with time, but I do want to ask you a few questions about sensitivity. Um we kind of started our talk here and, you know, you said, oh yeah, I so resonate with yes. that. So, um, you do consider yourself to be highly sensitive. hmm. And how does that show up for you? Oh man. It's, it's
1: so interesting to hear you talk about sensitivity because literally all growing up, love you mom. But like, I would hear that from her the most, like, you're just so sensitive. You're just so sensitive. Like, every little thing and it's like I feel like I feel like and even the people in my life will tell me that I'm just very sensitive to energies like I've Mm -hmm. always just felt that way like even if someone like if I'm in a great mood and someone walks in and they're just really pissed I feel like I feel that energy and all of a sudden like I'm just like feeling some type of way like all my energy has just been like overcome by this whatever is walking in the room. Um and I just feel like I'm very like self-aware of like how things make me feel on like a deeper level. I feel like I'm very conscious of how other things make other people feel. Sure. So like even today we had like a little scheduling mix up and I was like,
0: "Oh my god," she's waiting.
1: I'm wasting (laughs) her time. This is not how, like, you know, if I showed up and I'm waiting for someone like, you know, like I want to make sure that people around me know like how much I value them and their time and how important they are to me. And like that, like, so like a little thing going wrong in that way. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Because like, I can't, and you know, I'm just like, I can't just be like, it's fine. It'll work out because it's just like, I, I take things so personally I guess sure. um and yeah I feel like sensitive in the sense of like I I people can talk to me about anything like I'm an open book but also like <laughs> I've never been good with constructive criticism
0: sure. and I
1: think that comes from bullying mm-hmm. so I was bullied a lot growing up and I feel like any sort of criticism now because I've tried so hard to just be myself and like do well and you know that any sort of like critique can still come off in a way that it feels like that it takes me back to that place where I'm being bullied and judged and I feel like I feel myself shrink. Sure. And mm-hmm. um so yeah, but like I've I've gotten better at communicating with people and like asking questions. Like when you said that it made me feel this way. And so in that way they know like, oh I can talk to her about this, but it was just more of a miscommunication or like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that deep. Like it wasn't that personal, but like otherwise in the past, I would just take something someone said and just take it to heart. And like, it would really hurt me. And it wasn't ever, you know, really that way. But I guess that's where like, it came from with my mom. Like, Oh, you're just so sensitive. And I just always saw it as a weakness. Like, Oh, and then, you know, when it comes out, like, with like my nonprofit work and like, you know, losing my dad, can it, it it brought something out in me where I just wanted to help like any experience that I've gone through, that's been traumatic. The way that I deal with it is just kind of turning it into a way to like educate or help someone else. Cause it's like, okay, now I can relate to a different type of person because I've been through this event. Um, so like now I see like that sensitivity is more of a strength because like I have compassion and I can relate to people and like, get on their level and just like, you know, see things from a deeper perspective. But yeah, that's definitely been something that like you hear, like you're sensitive and I'm instantly like offended, like, oh, oh, sorry.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, Dr. Elaine Aaron, I'm not sure if you've ever read the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, Mm -mm. but she's the first doctor scientist who ever studied the trait of high sensitivity. So Um, this is something that we are born with it is a trait it is not something wrong with us but we do process things at a much deeper level Mm -hmm. so somebody who's not highly sensitive walking into a room with you is only going to pick up on a handful of things when they walk in you as a highly sensitive person are going to pick up on like a hundred different things and not only are you going to notice all of these things that somebody who's not as sensitive is going to notice you are processing them at a much deeper level yeah so i'm really glad that we've that you know along with all of the other things we're normalizing in the world right now that we're also normalizing sensitivity mm-hmm. and not only with women but like men need this too because men need to be able to tap into their sensitive side mm-hmm. um but it you know that that has been the biggest insult to me my entire life and i've i've asked the people around me the people close to me i've asked over and over like i do not want to be called sensitive like do not use this as something derogatory towards mm-hmm. me this is who i am this is a trait and this is not changing mm-hmm. and um it just it requires a different lifestyle in ways. Mm -hmm. And it requires more boundaries, more self-care. And it is, it's powerful. It's like the most powerful thing is your sensitivity where you can walk in a room and know how to help somebody. Um, You know, you're just, you're more in tune Mm -hmm. with your body, with what's going on around you and the world in general. I mean, it makes you great at your job too as an artist. You're working with people who are, you know, coming in and you're lifting them up. So it's a really, it's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. And But I've had the exact same experience with bullying and then being told my entire life, like you're too this, you're too sensitive. And sometimes that comes off to people as too much too. Mm -hmm. As we feel things so deeply Mm -hmm. that we even feel good things on a deeper level. So when I'm excited, I am like excited, Mm -hmm. like a lot more excited than people around me that aren't as sensitive. And like even music, like music feels like a drug to me. Mm -hmm. Music feels like coffee. I don't need the coffee if I have some like really fun jam going in my car, Mm -hmm. whereas... You know, again, some people around me that aren't as sensitive yeah. don't feel it that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, I deeply resonate with both of those things, yeah. the bullying and the the sensitivity talk. Yep. Um, what self-care practice works best for you when it comes to kind of unwinding your nervous system so that you feel not overstimulated and more nourished? Yeah interesting. So
1: this is like <laughs> very unorthodox, I would probably say, but it was always
0: boxing for me. No, that's a. I I resonate with that. Yes. Too. OK, yeah. good.
1: Because a lot of people are like meditation, yoga, whatever. For me, it was always boxing. My dad got me into boxing when I was 16. Um, and that was that everything about that moment. And that's where, you know, knockout beauty comes from. Um, everything about that that moment changed my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm obviously, well, you guys can't see me, but I am only (laughs) 5'1", very small. I was bullied a lot and I always loved boxing. Like I grew up watching, you know, Mike Tyson fights with my dad and he was obsessed with Muhammad Ali. And so I grew Mm -hmm. up with like this and my dad boxed when he was young. So it was just like this environment I was always interested in anyways. But like, again, as a little girl, like- And in a very small town, like you're you feel like you're limited to like soccer, softball, volleyball, like the traditional sports. Right. Um, I wouldn't ever think like, hey, dad, take me boxing like, you know, I just it's not something you would think about and where I'm from. So um, he took me because there was like a neighbor boy um, that was going and he took me. And I remember even showing up in the trainer being like, oh, you're going to watch and I oh, was wow. like, oh, no, actually, I um, uh, I wanted, I was really shy. I just wanted to think, maybe I could uh, hit something. Oh. Like, so shy. <laughs> and then he held up, like, the focus mitts, and I hit it. He's like, let's see what you got. I hit it, knocked his hand back, and he got the biggest smile on his face. He was like, all right, all right. All right, we can work with this. Yeah. Like, let's go. And from that moment on, like, I felt so empowered. Like, the stress relief, there was days, like, I remember having— like, bad days, like, school, and I'd come home in tears, and I'd, I'd show up to the gym sometimes, and my trainer would look at me, and I'd be, like, tears in my eyes, and he'd be, like, you want to talk about it? No, let's just get to it, and I'd leave smiling. I'd come home just so happy because, like, first yeah. of all, you're working off all that energy and yeah. putting it in a way that makes you feel so empowered, and it's, like, you know, the rule with my dad was always I wasn't allowed to compete, although I did within my gym. Um, it's fine. Um, So, and also, obviously, don't go to school and, like, just start randomly fighting people. I'm like, I'm five one. i I'm not going <laughs> to, like, put this to the test straight out of the gate. Like, but it was, like, a really good feeling to know that I could walk down the halls and know if someone, like, shoves me today, like, I can stand up for myself and I can yeah. handle this. So for me, that's always been my biggest outlet. Um, it was very hard during quarantine because I mm-hmm. didn't have that outlet that was taken away. And that was very very hard. Um, cause so I was like, if I just had like a heavy bag and at that point I'm in an apartment, there's no room for one. I can't hang one, you know, like I'm trying to be yeah. considerate of my neighbors too. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, that's all I need right now. So honestly, that had, that forced me to start meditating. I journal a lot more now. Beautiful. Um, going back to therapy really helped um, because I'm one of those people too. I hate, and it's, it's funny to say out loud, like, I hate being, feeling like a burden when I know that I'm not. And like, when people come to me, I'm like, I know, like, come to me, like, you're not a burden, but like, it was easy to like, have that outlet, like an outside perspective too, um, to make me feel seen and like, to let me know, like, yeah, this sensitivity is normal. Like, that's fine. That's great. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you pick up on these other energies. Like, you know, I can tell like when my boyfriend's like, in like an off mood. I can tell, like I could tell when I was young, like the more you started talking about cues of sensitivity, I could tell my dad was upset by the way that he would sigh at the dinner table. Like I would hear him in my room and think, "Uh Oh, this isn't going to be a good day. Like dad's not in a a good mood. Like I can just pick up on all these different things and then just to feel seen and like dive deeper on like, you know, instead of just like the physical side, like moving that energy around, like really sitting with it because in quarantine, I had to sit with that energy and figure mm-hmm. out another way to like work it out. And it was really through like journaling music. Um, yeah. And just kind of those sort of things, just like figuring it out and like doing a little soul searching. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love the boxing, especially because I, feel like you know in in kind of my community of like the spiritual quote-unquote spiritual community Mm -hmm. and people who are talking about sensitivity um there's a lot you know it's it's all about just slowing down and quieting down and like slowing your pace and meditating and for me I am the same way like I I need an outlet Like that, like Mm -hmm. I if I'm feeling too much energy, I I've done boxing a few times Mm -hmm. and it was so exhilarating. I left there like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, you know, going going to the gym and focusing on the quote unquote negative energy in my body Mm -hmm. or um, like the the big emotions coming up. And I turn on screaming music like that that is what is blasting in my headphones is screaming music. Mm -hmm. And while I'm working out, while I'm lifting weights or doing the stair climber rowing, I am focused on these big emotions in my Mm -hmm. body. And I am letting myself be in them and feel them fully and be as angry or rageful Mm -hmm. as I need to be while I have screaming in my ears. (laughs) And again, I leave and I feel like I've processed so much. I don't feel the rage or the anger that I walked in with. I Mm -hmm. feel peace and like I can forgive or move on from different things. And that's the same thing with journaling for me. Um, And it's something that I teach to all of my clients. And I think about half of them actually use it because it feels intimidating, but it is the most therapeutic thing I have ever found is letting myself like rage in my journal. Mm -hmm. I don't, there are no rules. There's nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. if I need to say blah, blah, blah about this or this Mm -hmm. or this person or this person, I know that it needs to come out of me in a healthy way so that I can release that and not feel that way Mm -hmm. towards somebody And normally I have a lot of breakthroughs on like, okay, like you're feeling really angry at this person or you're feeling rageful at this Mm -hmm. person. But the deeper lesson in it for you is that you didn't set a strong enough boundary or you were not honoring yourself. And when I let myself rage this out for 20 minutes in my journal at night before bed, then, and then I rip it out. I never reread this. I don't Mm -hmm. keep it. I, sometimes I burn it. Sometimes I shred it and throw it away. It's never something I want to go back and like bring back up. Reminisce. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Let's like this rage again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I let it out and I get rid of it and then I move on. Mm-hmm. And my chronic pain has gone down so much by allowing myself to do that thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I love the boxing, the journaling there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Journaling
1: is something I resisted for a really long time. Um, I'm really stubborn and it took me a long time. So it's easy to talk about now, but I should mention like, it was really hard for me to ask for help for a really long time. Very stubborn person. It's very, it's always been like a thing for me to like be independent and strong on my own. Um, and I definitely did see like asking for help as weakness for sure. Did And so I resisted journaling for a long time because I'm like, what's writing it down going to do? I'm just writing Mm -hmm. it down. It just takes more energy. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. You're like getting that energy out. And like, once I started doing it, it was like, Oh yeah. So this is why. And like, it really does help once you stop. Like, and I, once you stop fighting it too, because there's so much resistance, and it makes sense why your pain would go away because, like, you spend so much time, if you're anything like me, when you're anxious, like everything is tight and clenched yes. up and just, oh, yeah. And then once you get it out, it's like,
0: oh, a nice stretch. Like, yeah. okay, well, let's yes. carry on. Yeah. And I, I sometimes feel that resistance too before journaling. And I've had some of my clients with the journaling, it has been, this huge resistance, or I'm not a writer, I'm not a writer, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with it. And for, you know, I let them know, like, then get your phone out and do a voice recording. Just say all of it. And again, make sure you delete that. Don't go back and Mm re-listen to it, but do a voice recording and speak it out because energy is energy Mm -hmm. and energy never goes away. You can't get rid of energy. You can only transmute it or transform it into Mm -hmm. something else. So if you're speaking it out, you know, you're getting rid of that, that negative energy in your body. And I mean, it's turning into extra space within you, yeah. space that you can now feel pleasure or joy. Whereas before it was, you know, you had, you had all of this hurt and pain and anger within you mm-hmm. and you didn't have the space for the joy and the excitement or the different things. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. This is making my heart so
1: happy. Like finally, like because it's been so funny to talk with you because ever since we met, I just feel like there's so many similarities, like so many. Oh, my God. And then even like the time that you were like, oh, yeah, I had a podcast like I was doing podcasting and oh, I just colored my hair purple too. And I'm like, oh my like the God. Same day. <laughs> yes. So like, what is going on? Are we, were we separated from birth? Are you my soul sister? Like, what the hell is going on? So yeah, this has been like so great connecting with you and like finding someone, like it's like I said before, like the second that you start being like your authentic self, you find people that are so Definitely. like-minded. And I feel like it just like, connecting with you too was just like another validation of like oh my god I'm like another awesome person yes. that's like in my life that I've found that like that we just kind of found each other like organically
0: like yeah weird like yes it's like, universe, I know it's so fun I know again back to the universe thing yeah yeah I looked at a spot in the building that you rent from and yeah. that I mean I didn't end up running there I don't think that that's why I looked at the spot Mm -hmm. to begin with. I think it was to meet you. That's so crazy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, beautiful building, but it just didn't feel in alignment. Mm -hmm. And um, but I can't imagine not meeting you. Yes, I know. know. That's so awesome. That makes me so happy. Yes. So
1: do you have more questions? No, I think that is that's all I have for today. Okay, I guess like I would. Like what, okay, so my last question would be like, what do you think you learned most from like the whole pandemic that we had? And like, how has it changed you and your mindset moving forward? Like what, like, where are you now where you weren't like a year ago?
0: I think it has forced me to slow down even more, so. Um I, growing up with a father who is an entrepreneur and a very, very, very hard worker and a mother who's very hard worker too. Um, I always had this like hustle about me. Mm-hmm. And the first month was very uncomfortable. And I'm somebody who does sit with my feelings and I journal it out. But the the pace that we had to slow down to mm. was like, oh my gosh, the oh my sales gosh. Sales pace. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I had just, I had just gone freelance with massage, with coaching. I had just signed on to a Pilates studio and a yoga studio. And all of that was ripped away. All of my clients, both studios closed down permanently and I was stuck inside like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to ever live at the pace that I was living before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I really want to honor my body even more in this, like, slow living. And so, yeah, I mean, that that was a gift. And then also just to really realize how much we take for granted, like, being able to go out and see people mm-hmm. and hug people yeah. and have coffee with people. Mm-hmm. Like when that was taken away, that, that was the hardest part. Like not being able to just touch anybody, yeah, hug anybody mm-hmm. or meet up anywhere without feeling like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm putting everybody in the world in danger right, right now right. by being out in the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, I definitely, I think I value my, interactions a ton more now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that too.
1: Um what advice would you give to someone that's listening now that's like in in that um kind of moment of realization where it's like I don't know if I'm really happy where I'm at right now. I want to take steps moving forward to kind of find myself and like do that deep soul searching, ask yourself those questions. Like what advice would you give to them?
0: Journaling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> journaling. back to journaling. Yes, I, I think I've discovered more about myself from journaling than anything else. Meditation, um, you know, meditation is so different for everybody, you know, for somebody who has ADHD, like I do. And, um, you know, if you're into Ayurveda at all, uh, like, I'm a Vada, so I have a lot more air and space in my body. I have a really hard time quieting my mind in meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, journaling, I feel present. I'm in the moment. And I'm really kind of digging in deep to, you know, what what's in below the surface. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, medit- or uh, journaling... I think has been the most transformative tool for me. And I I highly recommend that. Um, and feel free to reach out to me if you'd like some guidance on journaling, yeah, some where different can they journaling. Find you? So my Instagram handle is I am underscore Caitlin Mariah. So you can find me there, and that's really the top place to find me right now. You know, send me a DM and let me know if you're interested in journaling and I can really help you get started with that process. Yeah. Um. I also have a few free meditations that I can send over to people that are not the, you know, just about quieting your mind. They're about getting deep into your body and really connecting with what your body is saying to you. So, yeah. uh, you know, journaling and then also connecting to the truth of your body. Those are... Those are the two places I would recommend yeah. starting. Awesome. So, I love that so much. Yeah. And where can my listeners find you?
1: So you can find me on Instagram. It's at knockoutsincy with a Y or at www.knockoutsincy.com.
0: Awesome. And she does amazing work. I loved the henna brows that I got. Oh my God. I just said my website <laughs> wrong. It's <laughs> www.kobeauty.com. Oh, <okay>. <laughs> and I'll, I'll link all of this in the the show notes. For you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I highly recommend her if you're in the Cincinnati area to, uh, for brows and lashes. Oh, Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. And if you guys have any questions too, like I love to talk to people like in my DMS as well, like just about like, what are your thoughts on this podcast? Like, did anything hit home or resonate with you that you want to share or talk about? Like, are you screaming at your car radio right now because <laughs> we just triggered you in a big way? Like, I don't want to hear about that. Yes. Let's talk please. about it. Let's unpack that, as my friend Alicia would say. Yes. She's let us that. know. <laughs> she's always like, let's, let's oh, you're feeling this way. Let's let's, let's unpack, unpack
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> or like that's that. too
1: much to unpack right now. I'll tell you about that later. Like if she's got a big story. But yeah, let's unpack
0: that, guys. Yes. Let's talk about it. And let's talk about it. Yeah. And if you loved this episode, please give us both a five-star rating yeah. and or a review and share this with somebody that you think may benefit from this this chat. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I guess that's it. That is it. Well, Thanks this was yeah, wonderful. Thank, so thank you so so for listening. Thank you so much for that. doing this. We'll have to yes. do it again. Yes, for sure. All right, guys. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Over and out. Peace.